0: Hey everybody, this is Lisa Clark, and Chrissy and I are so excited that you've joined us today for the Wonder Podcast. We are actually rebroadcasting one of our favorite episodes... Sophia came on our show back on May 20th, and this episode was so highly received and beloved by everyone. We thought we would just rebroadcast it again in case you didn't get a chance to listen to it the first time, or if you did, maybe you can just listen again and be encouraged and reminded of the power of an invitation. If you recall, Sophia came out of the Muslim religion and was presented the gospel, invited to church, was saved, accepted Jesus as her Savior, and now is living For him and her testimony is powerful, and we were greatly encouraged and reminded of the power of an invitation, and we think you will be too. So, we pray you enjoy this episode of the Wonder Podcast.
1: You guys, we are so excited that you're joining us on the Wonder Podcast today. You are in for a story of a lifetime. This is the story of my friend Sophia. And it changed my life and the way I look at women of other religions. Lisa has not heard her story. And let me tell you something, you are in for a treat. Put on your seatbelt, Lisa, because it is going to be amazing.
0: Yeah, I agree, Chrissy. This was my first time to hear Sophia's story. We recorded this podcast just a few minutes ago. So you guys are in for a treat. It is a real life conversion of Paul, you know, a Paul story, truly. And um, I think you're going to be very encouraged and um, also challenged, I think. So thank you so much for listening and enjoy this episode of the Wonder Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. My name is Chrissy Dunham, and I am here with my beautiful friend, Lisa Clark, that I'm privileged to do ministry with. And we just want to welcome you to another episode. And Lisa, this episode is one that's going to grab your heart.
0: I'm excited. You've met our guest today, but I have not. You've actually done a few events with her, I believe. So I'm thrilled to hear her story. I've heard you talk about her for years. And Mm -hmm. so we're thrilled to um, have her on Chrissy. Why don't you introduce her?
1: I will. Her name is Sophia. And she is a former Muslim. And I am so blown away by her story. I have never gotten it off my heart. And we have an obligation as a believer to share the story of Jesus because we want everyone to know who he is, what he's about, what his word says, and that you can have eternal life. And many of us are intimidated to share our testimonies. We're intimidated to share Jesus with people. And Sophia, just to jump to the climax of the story, was invited to church. That was it. She was just invited to church and it changed the whole trajectory of her life. I want her to share her story so you can hear exactly what happened. But I want you to know that a simple invitation to your church, your church that preaches Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, That's the kind of invitation she got, and it radically changed her life, and now she is on mission for Jesus. That's what excites me. So, Sophia, welcome to the Wonder Podcast, and just tell us your story.
2: Well, thank you, ladies, so much for having me, Chrissy and Lisa. I really appreciate you having this podcast, To minister to many people. So I was born and raised in the Middle East. I was raised in a community of 98% Muslim population. I knew of no no people of other religion but Islam. I grew up in a very devout Muslim home uh, where I would cover from the age of three. Um, I started praying. Um, The foundational pillars of Islam that every Muslim is supposed to follow is to pray five times a day, fast in the month of Ramadan, Uh, going to pilgrimage in Saudi Arabia and giving to the poor. And most importantly, to remember Allah and the the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad from the Quran. So that is everything that was instilled in me from very young age. And I revered my faith, uh, also respected my parents' teaching and upbringing me in Islamic faith. So Islam and the way of life is all I knew. So if you can imagine a young girl from the age of three wearing a headscarf covering, that's what I did. And then as I got older, from the age of 10, I would wear the full covering, which is called the abaya in Arabic, where you only see the eyes. Just traditional covering Muslim women wear in Middle East. You know, in Islam for women, it is an honor-shame culture. And uh, so the way the woman acts out in public reflects on the home life of the family. So it's very conservative. As an American woman, you have certain freedoms that you experience in America. You can go shopping, you can go minister with friends, you can come home anytime and no one will stop you and question you. But in the Islamic world, this simple freedom that you have is not available to Muslim women. So it it is uh, very restricted. And uh, many times girls have to get permission from their fathers uh, or their husbands uh, to go out and do things even with their own friends or their own family. So when I was eight, my family and I went to Saudi Arabia for pilgrimage, and uh, we finished Mecca, and we were going to Medina, and that's the two holy cities for Muslims. And while we were on the way to Medina, my father and I and my family witnessed the beheading of a woman, and it it, it instilled fear in me. From that day on, my father said, if I don't live as a good Muslim and die as a good Muslim, that beheading could happen to me as well one day. And I was completely overcome with fear, and I felt the pressure to be the best Muslim I could be, you know, from that point on. I was enrolled in the Islamic school, ingrained with the teachings from the Quran and the Hadith, and I memorized surahs. My mother was an Islamic school teacher, so it was very important to my family that I know the Quran well. And I suddenly noticed that in my prayer times, I often would be on my knees, and I lift up my hands, And I would cry to God for help many times. And I would ask God to answer my prayers. And I would wonder, why is God not answering my prayers? I often wondered, why is God so far away and distant from me? I don't have an experience with the true living God, like a relationship with God, you know? I felt like I was doing something wrong. Maybe I was not, it was whatever I was doing was not still good enough. And I felt pressure to do even more. And uh, this is how I lived as a Muslim girl. In 1990, my family and I applied for a visa to come to the U.S. for just a visit. We've traveled to many countries, but we never came to the U.S. So we applied for a visa and we came to U.S. And uh, my family could not go back. And uh, this is we had to stay in America and watch our country being destroyed from a foreign land. And this is how we lived. And after some time, we moved to another city where there were many churches. And I drove by these churches and I remember seeing the cross on the building. And I remember meeting Christians. And I remember experiencing Christmas, which was about Christmas tree and Santa Claus to me. And then I remember experiencing Easter, which was about Easter eggs and bunnies and chickens, what I saw in the store. And to be honest with you, I was very confused with the holidays of Christians because no one explained their faith to me. No one even shared with me or invited me for a Christmas party or Easter party or anything like that. But I often wondered. For eight and a half years, I drove by these churches I'm sure I met many Christians, but no one shared their faith with me. I worked with them. I went to school with them. I was among them, but I felt like I didn't know them, you know, and know their background. One day, my grandmother came to visit me, and I was enjoying her time, her visit. I felt the pressure from my father to to accept a proposal from a man. This man was 20 years older than me, and I was going to be his third wife. So I felt the pressure to accept this proposal, and I did not want to do it because in my community, I saw often abuse of Muslim women. I wanted a different way of life for me because I liked America. I wanted to stay in America, but this was not good enough to my father. So he felt he was pressuring me. And my grandmother stood up for me, and there was a lot of um, stress in our home. My grandmother got sick and went to the hospital, and two days later, she passed away. And I was devastated. I lost my, my grandmother was a special person in my life and my biggest supporter and encourager. And she was gone. So I mourned the loss of my grandmother. To be honest with you, at that point in my life, I felt like God was so far away, almost non-existent. My prayers were not being answered. I was not having a communion with God. And my parents' love was conditional. And I felt alone and depressed in my life. And it was at that moment, a lady at my work, her name was Paula she invited me to her church. And that was the first time I walked into this very big church in Dallas called Prestonwood Baptist Church. And to be honest with you, I've never stepped foot in a church before that. So I'm going from being a Muslim to walking into a very big church. As a covered woman, uh, she took me to the front. And I something I noticed was about the people in the church. They just came up to me and looked me in the eye. And they said, We are so glad you're here today. Thank you for coming. What is your name? Where are you from? Tell us about your family. You know, these people never met me before, but they just showed great interest in me. And one word I would experience is I was receiving love from them and acceptance from them and just welcome spirit from them. But I did not know what it was. It was the Holy Spirit this whole time. I did not know that. Then after that, for the first time, I heard a message from the pastor and he preached from the book of Isaiah. He said, This is a prophecy of Jesus from Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. It's the first scripture I ever heard at that time. And he talks about Jesus, this prophecy of Jesus that says, The Spirit of God is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and freedom of sight to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he said, In the book of Luke, where Jesus walks into the synagogue, He's given the scroll from prophet Isaiah, and He opens. And reads and says, today in your hearing, this is fulfilled. For the first time in my life, I heard that Jesus came to heal the broken heart and set the captive free. That is who I was in my life. I was a broken woman. I was desperate to know that whoever is the true living God show himself to me. I was just open and ready to receive what is the truth. That's what I wanted to know is the truth. And um, that day, my eyes were open and I received peace in my heart. And then after that, uh, Paula and I went to the uh, store and she bought me a Bible. And I started reading the Bible on my own. I had to hide it from my family. But I remember reading in the scriptures about David from the book of Psalms. When he ran from his enemies and he cried to God for help, his God came and helped him. I cried to my God many times as Muslim. My God did not help me many times. I remember reading in the book of Exodus where the children of Israel were held captive by Pharaoh and God sent Moses to rescue them and even do great miracles to bring them into the promised land. And I was wondering, who is this God that is doing miracles? My God did not do miracles for me. I wanted to know this God, and I just started calling him God of the Bible. And then I started yeah. reading about the life of Jesus in the, from the Gospels, New Testament, in the book of Luke. I read about the Spirit of God came into the womb of Mary. And when, when she gave birth to Jesus, he came into this world, and he was different than anyone else. And he had the power of God to heal the sick and the power of God to raise the dead. And he had the power of God and he had a heart of compassion and mercy, especially in the for the women in the Bible, the woman with a blood issue, he was willing to heal her, the woman that should have been stoned. He was willing to forgive her and give her life. And the woman at the well, he gave her living water, even knowing her sins. All these women, I felt like were me living in those days, you know, and this God came to forgive me and give me everlasting life. And real reason he came was to become a sacrifice. So after two and a half years of going to Preston Prestonwood, I was being discipled by people. They were really helping me understand God and the word of God. Uh, I got baptized at Preston Prestonwood and I gave my life to follow Jesus. I knew that Jesus is the true living God. And I was looking for God and he came and found me and he chose me. And I'm very grateful to say that he has changed my life. I'm a brand new person inside and out. And uh, I cannot see my life any other differently than where I am now. And I'm very grateful to uh, having a true living God relationship where I have access to heaven. I have everlasting life with God. I I see an evidence of my prayers being answered. I I also see miracles happening in my life. And it's a true living God relationship. When I pray to the Lord Jesus, I see my prayers being answered and having a real experience with him. Wow.
0: (laughs) So this is my first time to hear your story, Sophia. And I mean, I've got tears in my eyes just to hear this and to hear your confidence in the Lord. Um, Like I said earlier, Chrissy is just adores you. And, and I can see why just the authenticity and just the um, going from death to life, basically. And, you know, as I was hearing this, because you you mentioned that when you were a young person, a child, that you would pray out to God. And see what that what that showed me was we all are searching for God our whole lives, no matter where you are, no matter what religion, we're we're all searching. John 3 16 said it for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He's put that in all of us, a desire to know him. And so I think the Holy spirit started that relationship with you as a young child, knowing that your heart was open to the gospel. And then he used that invitation from a friend. And so I think that's a key part for us. If there's so many questions here and we don't have time to go through every question, but I think for us as most of our audience Are Christians who love the Lord seeking to draw closer to Him? What would you say to a believer who has work associates who um, are Muslim, who has neighbors who are Muslim? You said you knew so many people, no one ever said a thing. What should we be doing? What should we be saying? How should we be interacting?
2: Well, I can tell you this, especially if um, we are living in a city where there is many churches, um, many Christians, Muslims are driving by these churches and are wondering what are in what is the what kind of worship is being done in these buildings? And what is the meaning of the cross? And what is the faith of a believer? And I believe when a believer shares their faith with a Muslim, it is the truth because they live it. Unfortunately, Muslims are being taught by Islamic leaders in the mosques, the the false gospel message. Um, They're being taught lies about Christianity. They're being taught that Christians worship three gods um, and Jesus is not the son of God. And, uh, you know, the Bible is corrupted. All these things, lies that are being instilled in Muslims' minds. But the best person to share the truth about the Lord is a Christian themselves. So I encourage them that from the very beginning of time god has chosen each and every person right that's what the scripture says and i'm grateful that god chose me he saw my heart the bible says those who seek me will find me mm-hmm. those who seek me with all their heart and i can guarantee you lisa right now every single muslim all around the world is seeking god with all their heart they truly are but they think they are seeking they are they know the true god but they don't mm-hmm. now i know the true god I have a living God relationship with my Creator, and yeah. He He does miracles to reveal Himself to me and ev- to show me the evidence that He is the truth, and I'm following the truth. And I know by faith that one day, whenever that day comes, I will be with my Creator God, you know, worshiping Him. So this is the access to heaven. It's Jesus, but that's what Muslims are yearning and crying out for. They're doing these works based bases yeah. to get to God by praying. Fasting, pilgrimage, giving, all this stuff. They think works is going to get them to heaven, but it's not. It's only going to having their faith and belief in the Lord Jesus, who has already given his life, who has made given us access to be with God. He became, the Bible says, our high priest. So he intercedes for us, is what it says. But the only way we can know the true living God is through Jesus. That's it. It's not through works and not through good deeds, not attaining good deeds and bad deeds. So I would say to believers, please. If, if you have a Muslim in your life, the Lord has brought them in your life. Please take them in as your friend. Adopt them as your pet, like you would as a pet. Befriend them. Encourage them. Minister yeah. to pray for them in the name of Jesus and give them the word of God. The word of God is powerful, sharper than a double-edged sword, and it will penetrate. And Jesus is greater in the Quran Uh, Muslims regard all prophets. Jesus is highly regarded in Islam, is what I'm saying. Highly regarded. Uh, Muhammad Mm -hmm. is also regarded, but there's more surahs about Jesus called Isa in the Quran than Muhammad. So there's many levels that we can build a bridge. We can say that, yes, you believe that he came from the spirit of God into the womb of Mary. He had the power of God to heal the sick and raise the dead. And he's alive in heaven with God, and he's coming back on judgment day. These are the three common things that Muslims believe with us as believers. So now we can take the gospel and build a bridge to who Jesus truly is and that he is alive in heaven. And the best person to show us the way to heaven is Jesus because he is alive.
1: I love it. This is why I wanted our listeners to hear your story, because it was a simple invitation from a friend at work. She didn't try to ask you questions. She didn't. She just built a relationship with you like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then she invited you to church. And now you are living for Jesus and doing the work of our father. And I am blown away by who you are and what you do. And I hope I'm not behind you when we all get to heaven, because there's going to be so many people coming up to you saying they're there because of you. I may not be able to get in that day. I don't know. But your story blows my mind. And it's a great reminder that it's a simple invitation. The other thing that you've taught me is that when you do see these women in your community, You're, you know, they're easy to see because of the head coverings they wear. Mm -hmm. And some you just see their eyes, and some just have the head coverings. And you taught me to look them in the eye and smile and say hello. And of course, if there's any in your neighborhood, if there's any at your school, any of these women, they're just like us. They love the same things, they like the same things. It's just they are living a different life that does not allow them to show it. And they're not experiencing it because they have to live a different lifestyle. So many times these women are not in a good situation at home. So I would encourage you not only invite them to church, but befriend them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes I think, um, I know for me personally, Sophia, before I met you and you taught me that, I was a little fearful of those women. I really was. They're intimidating. But once you taught me that, I look at them through Jesus's eyes now. And I want to build relationships with them. And I want to be attracted to them and remember that they're women just like me, you and Lisa, and our listeners. And I know the ministry you have is focused on those women. Of course it's all women, but that's your heart because you know it so well and that's the lifestyle that you live. So I am just blown away by your story. And it's just a reminder that God is sent Jesus for everybody. And you may look at someone and think, oh Jesus can't get through to them or oh you know, they're Hindu or Muslim or whatever religion they are, I want you to know, and I want you to remember Sophia, that Mm -hmm. God can do anything. And he came to save your friends of different religions and people that don't even believe in Jesus or believe in God. And it's our responsibility. If you don't have the strength and the courage to befriend them or tell them about Jesus Invite them to your church so they can hear it. They can experience it just like Sophia did. And I know that your church will welcome women uh, that are dressed like this. She experienced it and it changed her life. So I don't know what else to say. I am just blown away by this story and I love her and what she does today. And I'm so thankful that the Lord let her in my life, and that our paths crossed, and mm-hmm. that I get to be friends with her. And Lisa, now you are too.
0: Yeah, Now I'm a friend. I'd love to hear, Sophia, what life looks like today for you. How have you been received? Have you married? Are you single? What ministry are you doing? What does life look like today?
2: Oh, well, I'm just very grateful to say I'm blessed. God has really. Uh, you know, become my father and my mother has and has taken care of me. Uh, I want to first one thing I would do want to say that uh, we as believers should know that when a Muslim does accept Jesus, they are they know that the decision they're making is serious. And it is even could be until death. Uh, in Islam, it says to convert in Islam is death penalty. And so many Muslim people that become believers in Jesus from Muslim background, either get rejected by their families or get killed. And My family did reject me. Um, I did not have a support, but I thank God for the church and for the body of Christ. They really helped me, uh, prayed for me, supported me, encouraged me. And without the body of Christ, I don't know where I would be, you know. So uh, I went to Prestonwood for some time and then I met my husband and we got married. I'm grateful to say that he also has a very strong heart for evangelism, sharing the gospel message, and uh, he's a strong believer as well. And i I'm grateful to say, also say that my parents have, my relationship with my parents has been healed some. Uh, A few years ago, God has brought some healing and we are on speaking terms, but it's still not hundred percent, but I thank God because they're not in good health. And I want to respect and honor them and pray for them at least and share the good news with them, which we got to do. Um, So if my listeners that are listening can pray as well, but where I am now is, you know, Lisa, as soon as I became a follower of Jesus, I knew that this is the greatest message. That everyone needs to hear about. And I told God, take me, take me wherever you want to take me. And I want to share God's special message of love with the nations. And guess that's what he did. He started opening doors for me every year. I started going to a country and then I started going to several times overseas. I travel now about six to seven times a year. I've been to 29 countries uh, and I've shared uh, the gospel message to several thousand people. (laughs) And I'm very grateful to say several have come to know the Lord. Uh, God has also changed my heart for the Jewish people. I also travel to Israel and do ministry to Jewish people. Uh, Holocaust survivors are very special to me. And I just share with them about their Messiah, how much he loves them, and he's come Mm -hmm. to heal them and restore them. Because some of them will never forget their stories of the Holocaust, you know, how they survived and their families died. It's trauma for them. But they um, just very. Great, graciously listen to my message from a Muslim background and receive it. It says this is just God's miracle. You know that God wants to use me this way. As Chrissy said, I've been able to travel to many countries and do ministry to women, especially from Muslim background, Middle East, Asia, because I understand the bondage they come from, and I just tell them about God's love. God does love them, and He wants to be with them forever and help them. If they can never come to America and live in safety, they can live in their own country knowing God is on their side. And God is when God is on their side, who shall they fear, right? Amen. So, um, I encourage them in the Lord, and um, I'm very grateful. My heart's desire is really to go to the nations and give everyone the good news before our Lord returns. And um, I will appreciate you all's prayers that God will give me wisdom on the future countries I need to go. And uh, where, where he wants to lead me is where I want to go because he blesses it. When I go <laughs> according to his leading and I've seen evidence mm-hmm. I want to tell you about I've seen evidence of miracles on the field. I saw a woman being set free from demons in Africa I saw uh, I met a girl who had a dream about me in China um, I prayed for a woman to have a baby from Afghanistan and she had her baby and I've seen a healing of a woman right in front of my eyes in Pakistan so mm-hmm. wow and when they see a miracle from Jesus, how can they not receive him mm-hmm. it's right there yes. just like the Bible yes. right. So we just have to be obedient, all of us, to go and be willing to go. And the Lord and the Spirit will use us in a powerful way.
1: I love it. I've traveled with Sophia and seen her in action. And it's amazing. We, um, Sadly, we are out of time. But Sophia, just quickly, um, she does raise her own funds to travel to these countries. She is a part of a ministry called E3. And uh, we'll put her information out on our show notes so that if the Lord so leads you to donate to her, I would love that. And I know she would too. And you could be a part of sharing the gospel with Sophia as she goes around the world. Thank you for being with us, Sophia. We love you.
2: Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. You both ladies are being Jesus to me, you know, the love of Jesus to me and to everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate it. If you like what you heard and were encouraged, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because your recommendation for our podcast brings us great joy and it helps others find out about us. And if you are able to help support our podcast ministry, we would absolutely love that. You can go to chrissydunham.org and click the link to the party table. No donation is too small. We are so thankful for you. God bless.